physical training, self-defense training, firearms training, situational awareness, and the warrior mindset. Welcome to the Condition One Podcast. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. Welcome to the Condition One Podcast. This is a podcast where we'll be talking about being ready. We'll also be speaking to victim survivors of physical encounters, how they dealt with the aftermath physically, mentally, and spiritually. And welcome to the Condition One Podcast with your host, that's me, John Riddle. And today we are welcoming our guest, Gary Klugowitz. Gary is a, uh, first we go way back, uh, Gary is a martial artist. Uh, he was a retired captain from the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Uh, he worked with ACME, it's Active Countermeasures, uh, Tactical, Redman, Street Survival Seminars, HK, and Team One. He's a contributor to Police One, and it, it goes on and on and on. Uh, just a little background on Gary and I. I met Gary back in, I want to say, 1994. Uh, I was on a SWAT team at uh, West Palm Beach Police, and during my short period of time on the team, we were doing a lot of work. We were a very busy team, and we were getting, we were going into rooms, going to houses after bad guys, and everybody has a gun, and I noticed that a lot of people were not fighting with us, and a question came to mind is, okay, we have guns for the lethal force, but what do we do? If nobody's fighting us, how do we put hands on people when we have these long guns and we have pistols in our hands and they're non-combative people? So I looked up uh, the Red Man section of, of police training and I found an, a course for active countermeasures for tactical teams that was up at HK in Virginia. So the wheeling and dealing had to start and I knew Gary was teaching the class and I always kind of silently followed him and he was like a uh this is this guy i just admired so much um and i i said i gotta go to this class i gotta go and looked up the class i think it was 500 dollars for the class back then and it was okay i go to my my bosses and of course you know the wheeling and dealing has to start so it's oh we don't have the money to send you i said i'll tell you what i will drive my pickup truck to Virginia. I will pay for the class if you just give me the time. All right. All right. That sounds like a good deal. So off I go. I drive up to Virginia. Took me two days from West Palm Beach to get up there. Uh, Got myself a hotel and lo and behold, spent five days of training and active countermeasures for tactical teams with Gary. And I don't know, we must have had about 20 20 officers in the class. And I remembered we did it in a trailer. It was like almost like, I guess, a double wide trailer uh, where we set up these long tables and they were the, the, uh, the hallways or the doorways. And, you know, we went through a lot of uh, very important uh, training for what to do if uh, we have to put hands on people in that atmosphere. Okay. So, Without any further ado, I want to bring my hero and my mentor, 
on board, Mr. Gary Klugowitz. Gary, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me, John. So, uh, does that sound about right? Well, you know, the, uh, it's, it's amazing is that you go back down memory lane, you know, you know, the, uh, I remember one time you and I were at, at uh, Kennedy Space Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beneath the shuttle, uh, fighting in red man suits, and you were—you you, you know, I, I remember that forever. You know, it's quite a quite a time there. Yeah, you know? that was uh, that was a fantastic trip. You remember being under the shuttle. I remember sitting in the bed in the room with a twenty-pound bag of ice under my leg after being knee struck, kicked, and taken down to the ground by twenty-seven Kennedy Space Center SWAT guys. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the price of doing business. But again, you know, if you if you aren't practicing it, you're not learning it. And everyone, when they leave here, you know, we get over, our, you know, there's a sensory inhibition that, you know, nobody wants to be touch or touchy buddy. Once you do one of our classes, man, you're used to being touched and touching someone and you know you can knock somebody down when you need to. That, and that's, I think, that's an important part of the class. Absolutely. And and one thing I did not mention, it just happened uh, recently within the last month is Gary was... Uh, was put into the Law Enforcement Trainers Hall of Fame, uh, which is a huge honor, uh, especially, you know, I mean, he's taught all over the nation and uh, everybody that he's crossed paths with remembers him. They've learned a lot from him. So that was a, a well-deserved uh, uh, position to be put in, man. Congratulations on that. You know, and again, I, I know we have lots to talk about, but I think it's real important just to mention that, you know, people say, well, how did you get where you are? You must be just magnificent, a specimen of a human being. I said, no, I'm just a hardworking guy who's got a lot of breaks over the years, but, but I always was available to get in. You know, so many people sit by a new defensive tax instructor and they sit by and say, put me in coach. No, you put yourself in. Right. And you, know, and, and, and you develop yourself and you do what you did down when you went to our first class. I can't tell many times I did that. Yeah. You know, you know, and I did a funny story is that the, uh, uh, people, uh, you know, I got to be pretty famous and people would say, oh, uh, you know, uh, my sheriff was at an event one time and the, 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 the sheriff artisan and the person said, the person said, oh, you're with Klugowitz's department. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, no, Klugowitz was with my department. And see, so you, you have to remember that is that, that you, you know, I read, everything I learned, and I, I went all over the country, did everything mostly on my own. They give me the time. I'm mostly on my own expense. Sure. When I came back, I showed my department, and that's how your department gets better and you get safer and you get a reputation as a, as a great department because of things that individual people do and bring back and share. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% with you on that. Uh, I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars uh, over my career um, that yeah. I have spent out of pocket to go and do something that I felt was important to bring back to the, to the team. You know? So I'm 100% on board with you there. Uh, Gary, you know, you're, you're still – you still have your hands in it uh, with law enforcement. Also, you're now, you, you're also with hospitals, mental health facilities, and training them, uh, training all of these people on how to deal with conflict, okay? And, and in law enforcement, as we know, law enforcement officers are, uh, we deal in conflict all the time, right? We have to manage conflict. How do we manage conflict 20 years ago versus this, you know, up to date? Uh, it's, 
you know, especially today, as time goes on, everybody in the world knows our world is changing in law enforcement. Uh, things are happening that aren't always on the best side of the line, but there's a hell of a lot of conflict going on. Uh, you sit and you turn the TV on, watch the news and see what's going on around this yes. country. Uh, these young officers, how are they being trained today versus how they were trained years ago? Well, I, I, I think I want to go back to, you know, you know, go you know, back to the old days, you know, you know, in, in, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of revisit officer survival. Because when we got in the game, officer survival was winning the battle, winning the fight, knocking someone down, out shooting them, out fighting them and, and you know, and surviving the encounter. But, you know, I, I did a lot of work over the years with uh, 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 Chuck Remsberg, uh, of a caliber press fame. And you know, we found out that it's not enough just to survive because you can survive and still be a basket case. Sure. And so what we, we learned that we had, we had to get more than that. I mean, this is going back 20 years now, but now really being reinforced by the current you know, events. But you know, the issue is that we have to, we have to look at you know, the, the fact that you know, in order to prevail, you have to, it's more than just physical survival. You have to also, we call it the POLE acronym, uh, being Polish Klugevich. You know, I can say the POLE acronym, P-O-L-E, is that, yes, it's physical survival. If we don't survive, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> so you got to be surviving, right? You got that. Yes. But then you have, to, you have to survive organizationally. If you're always getting in trouble with your agency or getting in trouble with the public and, the, and, the public and get, having trouble with your agency, you're not going to survive long. So you have to survive organizationally. Then you have to be able to survive legally. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, you know, you know, you know forget, forget the criminal, just talk about the civil. Yes. You know, being sued civilly, you know, and, and in federal civil, uh, uh, you know, you know, federal court. And that's not pretty. Civil rights violation is not pretty. So you have to survive legally. But finally, and probably most of all, and it goes with the physical, you have to survive emotionally. And how many people do we know are basket cases? You know, the suicide in law enforcement, alcoholism, divorce, all the things that, that are terrible about law enforcement because we haven't dealt with that emotional side. So our training has to be much more focused, not just on surviving the battle, but winning the war. And to do that, you have to think about physical, organizational, legal, and emotional safety. Yeah. And, and, and to do that, you know, you, 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 you know, how officers have to be trained then and now, it's a very different officers we have to train now. Now, we're training different people, and you could, you could argue about, oh, man, you, know, they're, they, you, know, you got to teach them how to fight. They, they don't want to fight. They, don't, they, don't, they talk too much. All, all that stuff. Forget that. I'm just talking about you know, surviving this day and age is that we have to talk about how to train our officers to, to survive. You know, let's just talk about legally. You know, the, the, the whole point is that, you know, that, that in the old days, you know, you, know, you could get away with almost anything. I, I had several cases with your agency where, you know, the, the, the judge gave us a play because we didn't know or couldn't have known that was happening and something bad happened. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know uh, custody death. You know, training accidents, you know, the, the, the quote unquote malfunctions, those used to be an accident. Now that you, you not, not didn't know, we should have known and should have prepared for that. And if you don't, we're going to be held accountable. I can't, anyway, we've already had people being charged criminally with, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know custody deaths, but we also, I can't wait till the first trainer gets get charged with manslaughter because he allowed to be shot in his classroom. Yeah. And we're getting very close to that point. We're there civilly already, not necessarily criminal yet, but it's, we're getting there. And so what we have to we have to we have to change how we do business. And we also have to understand we have a different world out there, and we have to survive in a, a world. We have a great infographic we use. It's it's an iceberg, and it says and, and the, the 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 quote only says, 
you know, you know, the important matter is, is that, you know, you know, you know, you know, if you don't change, you could end up in, you know, you know, you know, in an iceberg someplace. The reason that some dinosaurs end up icebergs is because they don't change. You know, we, you know, we, we, we have to change and we have to learn some things is that we always knew this, you know, the golden rule to treat people like you, like we treat in the same circumstances. But we know that rule, but we have to now start applying it. And again, one of our biggest things, you want to talk about officer survival in this day and age? I'm going to talk about it, what it is. We have to treat people with dignity and show them respect. And people go, well, that's not officer survival. Yeah, it is. Because if you don't treat people with dignity and show them respect, you're going to have a lot more fights. You're not going to be able to justify the fight. And you're going to have a, a jury of your peers that are not of your peers that don't know what you're doing going to judge you after the fact. You don't want to have that happen. So to do that, you have to change how you do business. And so you know, it, it, it very much is that we have to change how we operate. And again, the biggest thing is, is, is our, our main you know, guiding principle is treat people dignity by showing them respect. Yet you still have to train people to do everything. We have to address the entire spectrum of human conflict. Yet interpersonal discord, the, the conflict management, but also we still have to be able to win, win a, 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 you know, a gun battle. And so we have to have both, but we can't just emphasize on the gun battle. One of the biggest problems we have is that people think that the fight starts when they start shooting. No, the fight started way before that. You just didn't notice it. Right. You know, when it was the first time you noticed a fight, well, you punched me in a nose. No, no, there was something happened before that that you didn't pick up on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You got to pick up on it. And, and, and so we have to train our people to do that, to deal with the whole issue. So we have to emphasize the verbal. And that's something we never did before. We never really em emphasize the verbal part of what we do. And so, again, it's, it's, it's a huge issue, you know, you know, and, and that's why we, we, we do a lot of work now with conflict management. But here's the important thing for everyone, because if you have trainers listen to this, they're not going to have to change just police, but security. They're going to have to go to the hospitals, the civilian employees, and everybody has the same problem. It's the same person, just under different circumstances. Right. But everyone has different rules of engagement. You know, what I should do for most people. They, they, they just get out of Dodge. But for us, we got to move in when it's appropriate to do so. Correct. And we have to know how to do that. But when we move in, we want to still look good doing it. Now, I know you, you're into, uh, you start to teach into the uh, mental health facilities and the hospitals. How does that, what you just talked about, how does that translate to them? It's, see, the whole point, everybody thinks it's different. It's exactly the same. It's the same person with the same attitude. With the same problems, well, you know, you know, with the same baggage, but to deal with the same people. So again, it's all the same. It's we have to learn how to start learning how you know. Number one, how to you know realize there is going to be conflict, recognize the conflict, learn how to prevent the conflict, how to make an interaction with someone so that we don't set them off. We've coined a new phrase. It's called non-escalation. Now, everybody in law enforcement, you get their de-escalation training, right? But the problem with de-escalation training is it assumes that you already have a fight starting, a verbal fight. So how can I not escalate it? And I say that's important at the front end and the back end because when I say I did what I had to do, guess what? I want to say I started out nice. You decided not to be nice. We, we always use the roadhouse uh, you know, quote. You got to be nice all the time. Not to be nice, and you have to be nice again. People misconstrue that. No, you have to be really nice to people till it's time to take some kind of sanction against them based on their actions. And then afterwards, you have to be nice again. And we always kid around, but we aren't kidding. Is that after I've taken my action and had to physically interact with you, I'm going to get you the best medical attention money can buy. Because who loves you, who takes care of you? Right. We do. You need to be knocked down. We were there for you. 
you needed to be fixed up, we were there for you. You need to be de-escalated, we were there for you, but you didn't listen. You know, we, we always talk about this concept. It's a really important concept. It's that you're not responsible for the, the, the outcomes. You're responsible for the process because you still can have bad outcomes. You know, you know, you know, you know and, and, and we can't surrender to the bad outcomes. I got that from a Sheriff Lamb who was at the, the, the Hall of Fame award ceremony. But, 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 but he said, don't surrender the outcomes. You can have a lot of bad outcomes, but you still have to try to do it right. And you have to do your best job to do that because if you don't, then when you get judged, you're gonna have trouble. We've coined a phrase recently uh, called the civilianization of law enforcement. You know, you know, we, we really, we really do have to have to have to start doing with our words and, and what we say to people. You know, the, the word the old words of force, takedowns, hook them up, knock them down, I have to be gone because you could be judged by a jury of not of your peers. So we have to fix it up. Physical intervention, decentralizations, stabilization. Are all terms. Yeah, because if we, if we don't do that. As soon as you open your mouth, you've got a big problem. I was recently talking to someone recently, and they said, Gary, I need some help. We have this incident. Okay, we, 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 we used force on this, this frequent flyer who was a homeless person. I said, you're already in trouble. You're already in trouble. Because first of all, we don't use force anymore. We physically intervene. Okay? We don't have frequent flyers. We have people with cognitive challenges. We, we, don't, we don't have homeless persons. We have a person who experienced homelessness. Do you see, it's, it's, my whole tone changed. My face changed. We're there as protectors. We're there as the peacekeepers. We're there the ones who have to keep everyone safe. And you can't do that if you go in with, 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 a, with, a, with a snuffling dog mentality. Our job is to keep people safe. And to do that, you know, you know the, the point of matter is that, and I want to I make the point, we have an issue that, that, and people don't get this, and they don't even know they're asking this question, but when, when, when someone, when a police officer or anyone else physically intervenes, they're going to ask three questions of them. It's called a brain picture, okay? Did the person look professional? Number one. Number two, you know, did, they, did the person demonstrate concern like they cared? And third, did they keep everyone safe? as they could based on the circumstances. Now, sometimes safe for a police officer, I have to shoot you, and then I have to get you the best medical attention money to get by. But the only way I could stop that threat is I had to do that. I had to knock you down. You got hurt. I, that's a terrible thing, but it's our job. We're, we're the people that... But I, I want to just use an example for this because people just don't get this. Well, I, what does that mean? That's all that theory. You know, let's, let's talk about the George Floyd case. Okay? The, you know, did the officers look professional? The brain picture of anybody, even another officer. Did they demonstrate concern for that person? Did they keep everyone safe? Let me ask this question. One person died and then four officers going to prison. Is that keeping everybody safe? And so the issue is, but really that brain picture is gonna be there. So I wanna be able to figure out how to, while keeping myself safe physically, I can legally keep myself safe, organizationally safe, keep myself safe, but also emotionally that I go home and I said, I tried not to have to do it, but I had to do what I had to do. They gave me no choice. So I want to be able to do that. But the brain picture is something that's there. And if, we, if you ignore that, you're in trouble. And again, then you're a dinosaur waiting to get going to an iceberg someplace. Yeah, man, it's, uh, this is good stuff. Uh, 
are, are these young officers coming on these today? Are they getting this? Are they getting this in the academy? Are they getting it at in-service training? The answer is yes and no. The trouble is we have now is a lot of people, they like to check the box. Did you have de-escalation training? Yep, check it. What did you learn? Well, how did you escalate? Well, what did you do then? Well, I don't know. We just de-escalated. I, that, I mean, so, in some yeah. points I do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but some, some people are doing a lot better job. In my department, for the last 10 years, we've been doing, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know the ethical intervention training. The whole state of Wisconsin does it because we realized how, how important it was that long ago. You know, Jack Hoban from uh, Resolution Group International has done a lot of work with us to develop how to do this ethical intervention. But, but, but you know, but, but, but the issue is that I just use that as an example. You're asking a question. Is that the trouble is if I say you should, you should ethically intervene if someone's acting badly. Check. What's the chance of doing that in the real world under pressure? You know, you, you, what you have to do is we have something we call, we call you, do, you have to do fire talks. We have, you know, we have, we have you know, fire talks and fire drills. A fire talk is a lecture. That's checking the box. A fire drill is actually doing it. So when we teach ethical intervention, it's one aspect of it. We don't just talk about how to talk to somebody. We actually practice talking to them under pressure doing it and have them, have them learn how to do that better. But also, we make that whole thing of uh, ethical intervention, we make it a, a social contract. On our agency, we keep each other safe. We have a caring watch of each other. Not a big brother, but a caring watch. And we're going to keep each other safe. And I'm, 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 you know, you know, I just act that way. And again, in ethical intervention, I know we're going to know about a tangent, but I think it's important, is that you have your own ethical presence. You have how you, when people come there, does things change? I will tell you that when I was assigned to the jail, when I walked up to the jail, all the security gates in the jail, I could hear them closing because they called from the front desk, oh, Kluglitz is here. So all the gates were closed. When I was there, we didn't have lots of fights. Where someone else was there, a lot more fights. Why not? Because it just wasn't acceptable. It's, it's your ethical presence. You change things for better or for worse. You know, I, I was only accused one time of excessive force. And this, this, this kid was intoxicated, he fell in, 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 a, in a booking room, split his head open. I found him next morning, he saw Kluglitz, and they said it was me. You know, my captain said to him, and this is back in 1982, right? But my captain said to him, Kluglitz doesn't do stuff like that. Or would you rather your captain say, oh, no, not again? Right. You know, I mean, so I mean, so you have an ethical presence. But also, you have to learn how to, how to you, know, you, know, you know, most of us have got this now, at least in theory, tapping someone out. Hey, Joe. You had a phone call. Can you take it? I'm going to cover it. You know, I love a, a police agent I saw on the radio. This was, it, was a, it was a great, a great thing. Is that this guy across the way? He goes, he goes. Uh, you, you have a radio on your on your shoulder, right? He goes, he goes, he goes. Uh, he goes. Uh, uh, Joe, come over here. The captain wants to talk to you on the radio from the squad. Yeah. You need to get out of there. We need to tap people out. But also, sometimes you need you need to literally move people out of the way. I can't tell you time. I literally grab somebody and move them out of the way. You need to be gone. And then what about the, yeah, yeah, but, but, but most officers who are good officers have done it, okay? But then you have, but then you have the, you have the whole issue of you have, you, have, you have someone punching somebody. Now, once they punch somebody, we're in a world of hurt. But let's talk, first of all, we have to train people how to grab people and move them away so they can't punch somebody. Because once you, you punch that person, once you use that excessive force, once you start saying those derogatory terms to somebody, you are put in a trick bag. Yes. You're in a trick bag and you, you have, you have, you know, two difficult decisions to make, one right, one wrong, but both difficult. 
If I tell the truth of what I saw, I become a snitch, a rat. I'm sorry. In every profession, it's the same. So it's not police work. Okay. You know, you're, you're not with the program. I remember the first time I pulled somebody off of somebody as a rookie and, and, and no one talked to me for a month. My, my, my wife said, no, it was two months, Gary. No one talked to you for two months, but it didn't matter. No one had to teach me how to do that, but now we have to teach it because yeah. they don't got it. Okay. So you, 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 you literally have to, you may have to pull somebody off, you know, and, 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 you know, and finally you have to words, you're going to have to talk about this afterwards and debrief the whole incident, but you, you, you have to have that caring watch of each other, but there has to be fire drills, not fire talks. Now the fire talks and the, and the fire drills can that be uh, when when that's discussed when that's worked in, in a training environment can that be uh, a, led into a scenario based situation? Oh, absolutely, you you have to start with fire talks because they have to know. And we, we like to say you have to show what we're doing, explain it, and then and then put it in a, in a tactical application. So everybody's got the picture. That's that's the lecture. But then, but then, but then you they have to go from there. You have to start practicing it first in the air by yourself, a blanket escort in the air by yourself, then on a person, then with some level of a little bit of struggling, then you put it into a, an isolation exercise, which we all know about from simulations and other places that do It's not a full-edged scenario. It's I'm testing parts of it, so I'm seeing if you can put parts together. My talking and my intervention. Okay, then you finally put into the long-term, you know, the high-level simulation, we go from beginning to end. The trouble we have in law enforcement, yes, if we do it right, is that we show them it, and then we do them in high-level simulations, and you wonder why they don't get it right. You missed the middle. Too much. You, 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 you know, you missed more, more than in the middle. You miss everything in the middle. Yeah. You had a beginning and the end, and you, where, where's, the, where, where's the meat? Yeah, exactly. And, but see, everybody wants it. Well, you have to do this in two hours. You, some things you can't do in two hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, but then, but then the issue is, let's just follow up on, on this ethical intervention. Let's say you're accused of doing something wrong, and this is a big issue that people don't get. This is that if you if they think you did something wrong, verbally, physically, violation of policy, they're going to ask you three questions. Now, sometimes they don't even know they're asking questions, but these are the three questions. The first question is this: Did you forget to do what we taught you to do? Right. Now we've all had that happen to us, you know, especially as a rookie. You know, I forgot all about it. Sorry, sorry. Okay, but then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you more training. A good department will give you more training, and it'll document this because then I have that. Strike one is you forgot. Strike two is that you need more training. Strike three is a very important question. And when I ask this question, eyes people eyes get big, and they say they, I say, did you willfully and knowingly violate what we trained you to do? Yeah. I mean, but that's all we got left. Mm -hmm. And so you know, we, we, have, we have to look at this and realize is that well, I want to have answers to these questions. And so you know, the, the answers become you know, very, very, very easy. The answers are easy, you know, because we, we've drained this. Uh, we got this you know, you know, working with Caliber Press back, back in the 80s. Is that, you know, is that, is that you, know, you, 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 have, you have to answer these questions. Was it a trained technique done perfectly the way it's taught in the workbook? <laughs> Almost never happens. Not, nothing is perfect, right? I mean, it just it just dynamic it applications. Well, see, well, now you hit the second point, though. It is a dynamic application of a training technique, which is the second point. Almost everything fits there. Right. It was close, right. but no cigar. Right. But I can say that I was I was, I was actually trained to do it, and I did it when I was supposed to do it. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But but finally, the third one is when it gets a little bit bizarre. The not trained but justifiable under the circumstances. You did something yeah. just bizarre out here. You're fighting for a life and you stuck a pen in your eye. 
Now, you're never trained to do that, but under the right set of circumstances, you know, not trained, but justifiable under circumstances, it could work. And I like to use this example from healthcare. A nurse is in a closet being choked out from behind by a mental health patient. She reaches in and grabs the mop ringer. She brings a mop ringer overhead and puts the guy's head wide open, knocks him unconscious. Now, I can't think of another time in the history of the world where that would be justifiable. But in that circumstance, it was totally what she was to be killed. But, but you have, but you, you just can't say, you know, and see, here's the issue. You don't get the pick. The training technique, dynamic application training technique, or not training, but justifiable, is who evaluates you. Gotcha. Okay. So you want to make it fit. Right. Yeah. But so if, if you do something bizarre, you better make it fit. And I want to talk about policy. I want to know what policy is so I can, mm -hmm. I, can, I, can, I can maneuver within it. Or when I violate it, I can say why I violate it. Because every policy is going to get violated sooner or later, and it can't be justified under the right set of circumstances. But that, that's, that's really important. And now, there's, you know, you know, you know, as, as we move towards the end, I wanna, I wanna share some things with, that I think are very important. Is that, you know, you, you, you are gonna get questions about what you do. And you're gonna go have to go to court. And whether you're a police officer or a nurse or a teacher, it doesn't matter. You're gonna go have to get asked questions. And I wanna give you three really important answers that can shut down plaintiff attorneys. Okay. The first question is, what's your job? Now, we all think about this and have this long answer, but it's a short answer. My job is to keep everyone safe. Verbal if I can, physical if I must. I'm in the safety position. Can you imagine that saying that to an attorney? It shut them down. And I've done it before. You just shut people down because they don't want to ask the next question because the first one hurt them too bad. Yeah. They're not used to that answer. Yeah, they're not good to any good answer. They're used to having someone afraid up there. But see, I tell people you should put this on your arms as, as, as tattoos. So that's the first one. And put that. What's your job? Put that on your arm. The second answer is this: is that is that you know you know uh, uh, you know why did you do that? And here's the answer: if you can answer this way, I did what I did what I was trained to do when I was trained to do it. But there's two parts of that. I did what I was trained to do when I was trained to do it. I, I'm trained to shoot people, but if I should have shot people, I can't use that as an excuse. But if I did exactly what I trained to do when I was trained to do it, I'm giving them the department. You realize that all they want is the department. They want the money. Yeah. So give it to them early. They, this officer did exactly what I was trained to do when they are trained to do it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yep. It, it was reasonable. Objectively reasonable. I got that. Now, the third question is really important. You know, in, in, in terms of is that, can you do that? If you do something bizarre, that's not in the norm, okay? It depends. That's it with the tattoo mark. It depends based on the totality of circumstances. Can I do that? It depends based on the totality of circumstances. And again, you have those three, you know, the answer to those three questions there, you can solve a lot of your problems you go into court because you, you'll be prepared to do what you need to do. Excellent. Word choices. Um, you have... You say, who do you have to sell the response to? And we, we addressed that a little bit before, but it's, it's worth coming back to because it's so important. You got to sell it to a jury in, 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 in parentheses, not of your peers. They don't have and a I'm talking yeah. about They don't know what you're doing. They don't have any idea, idea of what you do in your job, right? So is it specific wording? That we have to use. Do you understand? In, 
Yeah, no, I, I answered that question. It's not, it's not, it, it, we, we do give you words. Takedown becomes decentralization. Mm-hmm. We decentralize someone. Right. We don't hook them up. We stabilize them. Right. So there's, there are some words you use, but it's mostly, mostly I don't want to use auditor vernacular. You know, I, I, you know, a uh, uh, great, great example is a peace story. We, have. we do a lot of peace stories in our training about things are done right and, and, th- and we learn is that somebody says, uh, just toss them into the back of the car. You're going to toss me into the back of the car? You see, I mean, the, 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 you know, you know no, no, I, the, sir, no. We, we have to check on your ID. We usually put you back in the car where we do that. We, we sit in the back of the car. For, I apologize for saying that. I didn't mean it. And again, one of the things we have to do, very simple, is that in, in our training, we have to teach people, officers, to apologize. Often that's all the person wants is an apology. Well, one, you know, the, uh, you know, one, of, one of the things that we, we talk about is that, you know, the, uh, we talk about the, the, the whole issue of, uh, you know, neutral welcomes. We can't say sir or ma'am anymore. Do I look like a sir to you? You know, we, we can't even say good morning. <laughs> I, I now say morning. Yeah. Don't tell me what kind of morning to have. A flight attendant taught, just taught me this, and I, I just love it. Is have the rest of your day. Now think about it. I didn't say a good day or bad. Have the rest of your day. So I mean, you know, it's everything. And and and, and really, at the beginning, don't ask somebody how's it going, because you may not want to hear. Right. And yet we do it all the time. But when we do that, you know how hard it is for me to not say sir or ma'am. Oh yeah. I've done it for 40 years. Yeah. I've done it for 40 years. Okay. But then I apologize. Then we move on. And it's okay. It's really, it's, 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 I just deflect and move on. But, but everything we talked about today really is about how to keep everyone safer, physically, organizationally, legally, and emotionally. And again, keep yourself safe and keep your community safe because our job is to keep your community safe. 100%. 100%. 100%. Going back, I just want to make sure people understand the uh, definitions of a trained technique, a dynamic application of a trained technique, and a not trained but justifiable under circumstances. Yeah, and again, it, it's, it's extremely important. Uh, you know, the uh, number one, a trained technique is something you t- learn in academy, you practice with no pressure, it's done perfectly. Every movement is perfect. Okay? Now, it, 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 it never happens. It never happens, okay? So, so the point, but the, the, but the issue is it is our classroom model and you have to have a classroom model. What's perfect, because without perfect, I can't say what's dynamic application. It's close, but no cigar. Okay? Yes. You know, you know, the, uh, uh, you know so, so it's, it's, it's important to understand that. The, the da- dynamic application is very simply how it's done in the real world. It's close. But I, I didn't get a chance to bring him all the way into my center to take out the slack, the roll the ball. I grabbed him through my crowd. That's all I had time to do. But I was trying to do the great technique properly, and it was it was it was, it was appropriate at the time. And I got him to the location. That's a dynamic application. The not trained but justifiable is the wild stuff, the stuff that's not trained in academy, but it maybe in terms of in terms of your survival, the only thing you do. And remember, and this and officers forget this sometimes. Everyone has a right to self defense. Now, now, you, now you you it's a legal right. Now you may get fired for it. We have to do this a lot in healthcare. You, you have, in healthcare, someone takes down somebody hard. 
they're probably going to get disciplined and terminated, perhaps. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, but but it doesn't. You still have a right to self-defense. So you know, the, the, but the, the not training is justifiable. You have to walk that walk to make him seem that based on on a totality of the circumstances, no other time, it was the only the reasonable thing to do. It is, and that's why I love the example of the the mop ringer in the head. Sure. I mean, we, 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 how many times did you practice in uh, in the academy? Uh, the show explained, demonstrated, practice isolation exercises and full level simulations for not hitting somebody head with a mop ringer. We got 25 mop ringers here. We're going to line up. <laughs> yeah, but, right. but, 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 but it's not, but, but again, you know, again, but it's also the importance of understanding your policy. It's that I have to know how to dance within my policy, but also have to know where I have to, have, have to, have to know when I violate policy, you know, well, you know, one of the things, and again, I sh- share a short example. Years ago, I was a, I was a captain in jail. And they had a, so that we, 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 found, we found a magazine laying in the jail, so we knew there was a gun there. There was, at the time, this was back in the, back in the you know, early 90s, there was a, SWAT, a, 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 a policy that said, only the SWAT team can bring guns into the jail. Well, guess what? We brought guns into the jail. I totally violated policy. Yet I could explain why. We thought we had a gun in there, and I'm sorry, I couldn't call up the SWAT team. No, we didn't call the SWAT team, but it, but it, they would arrive in 50 minutes. Right, sure. So you have to do something in between that time. Yeah, and, and but you have to be able to explain that that what I was trained to do wouldn't have worked at this time. None of my options were available to me, so I had to go outside of it, and it's okay. But see, we have to teach teach our officers not to be so afraid of of the of the, of the fact that they may they violate policy you know procedure, and so that they, they hurt themselves. Because we're, we're, we're still judged by, you know, poll, physical safety, organizational safety, legal safety, emotional safety. And again, we have, to, we have to keep ourselves safe. And remember, safety begins with you. And this is one thing that's not changed over the years. But I, th- I think, too, in that situation where you're saying officers need to, you know, the, the policy, I think a lot of officers don't understand their policy. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, ask, I ask thousands of people. Thousands, not hundreds. You have to understand, I've trained hundreds of thousands, because of street survival, sure. I've trained hundreds of thousands of people. And I will tell you, almost nobody in any class, if one person knows what the policy actually says, I'm shocked. Yes. They all tell you, well, the policy is something like, I said, no, 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 no. If it's your job on the line, do you want it to be something like, or do you want to know what it says? Yeah, it's your job and your life is on the line. You know, you can violate that policy, you get fired, or you wind up going to prison. You know, so. or, or or be killed because you followed it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it can't go the other way, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. no, hundred percent. But, uh, but but you but again, that's extremely important. But remember, and again, at the end, at the end, you don't get to answer the questions about training technique, dynamic application of training technique, and not training, but just following the circumstances. This is that someone who's going to evaluate your performance is, and make sure when someone evaluates performance, they know what your performance is. Because so many times, if someone, I didn't like what they did. I don't care what they like, what they did. Did they follow? Did you, I want you to look at the policy. Did they follow the policy? And someone in your agency has to be able to step up and do that because otherwise bad things happen. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Gary, if, if anybody wanted to, any agencies or uh, anybody wanted to get a hold of you, talk to you about this further, train with you, how can they get in touch with you? Well, our, our website, the company I, 
I now work with in a part of is, is Vistelar, V-I-S-T-E-L-A-R, Vistelar.com. And you can look it up there. We have all kinds of great stuff on that, on that website. Uh, you can also, if you want to know more about me, go to my Facebook page, Kluglitz Gary at Facebook. Excellent. And you can also you contact me directly at gklugwitz at vistelar.com. Excellent. Can you tell me a little bit about Vistelar? Well, it's, you know, the, uh, we, st we started Vistelar over 10 years ago. And it was, it was kind of interesting is that, you know, the, uh, the three of us got together, uh, myself, Dave Young, who's a well-known defensive tactics trainer, and, and uh, Al Oschlager, who was a business guy, got together 10 years ago and started putting together a program that we wanted to be, to be able to, to put out to the, 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 uh, the entire country to train people. And, and our biggest problem was everybody takes pieces of the pie where we address the entire spectrum of human conflict. So if you want interpersonal discord you know, you know, for, for your, 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 your teachers, we can do that. If you want to send in a SWAT team, we can do that too. So we can do it all. Great. And so that, that's, that, that's, that's really what it does. And, and, and again, you know, you know, we very much believe in fire talks you know, as a beginning, but then a fire drill that our, our, our classes are all basic. We now do both online and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the live classes. And again, our, even our online classes are very interactive. We use a lot of breakout rooms and, you know, so you actually practice your techniques, even verbal online, but a lot of physical still have to be done physically. You know, all through the pandemic, we, we, we're in face masks, face masks, temperature checks, and doing takedowns right there, you know? Yeah. It's not like somebody doing the weapon retention with a face mask on. <laughs> but but you, 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 if you need physical training, you have, it has to be physical. So that's what we do. Excellent. Excellent job. Okay. Gary, I want to thank you for coming on today. I appreciate your time. Uh, again, because I know you, I've heard a lot of this before. Some of it, a lot of it has changed, but it still makes sense. And, and that's important. And uh, I think that uh, anybody that's listening to this, it's in the law enforcement or health organizations working in hospitals or mental health facilities uh, need to get in touch with you and reach out to you with Vistalar and uh, get some get some updated training so that they uh, so that they know that they're on board and they're protecting themselves and they're protecting their agencies. Absolutely. So thank you, Gary. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great seeing you again. All right, and I'll be in touch. You got it.